0: we really wanted this show to be different than other shows that was something we wanted to stand out we wanted it so we had like a live dj we yeah it's like a miami
1: show yeah what up what up what up welcome back to sam dunks the weekly NBA show over at slab stocks i am your host sam please follow us on instagram and on twitter at slab stocks and then click that little subscribe button here on youtube as well also Navigate over to slabstocks.com, insert your email and receive our daily newsletter, which comes with uh, good buys at the best prices you can find anywhere, along with a lot of information why you should be targeting those cards. A lot of money for for you to be making out there. Um, You got to use the best resources though. So please go sign up for our daily email. I am joined today on our uh, weekly Sam Dunks episode by Anthony over at Summertime Cards. Uh, Anthony, he just hosted... a a sports card show down in the miami area for the first time in i i think a decade is what it was um so i you know first person i've known that actually threw a a sports card show by themselves um so i thought it'd be really cool to have them on and, and give us some of the background to that so first of all uh welcome anthony how are you doing
0: thanks for having me i'm doing good uh stressful weekend but it ended up being uh pretty good
1: yeah so it was the courtside card show and was it the it was the first in a decade in miami
0: so in miami so like real miami because there's card shows in florida in south florida but they're like in west palm beach and like boca raton and kind of up north it's like an hour drive for 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 anyone down in in miami miami so yeah it's the first show I mean, a decade, it might be longer than a decade, to be honest. I-, I used to go to shows like they used to have them at bowling alleys was like the show. <laughs> and I was like, so excited to go to this bowling alley with like 10 tables or whatever. Um, but yeah, like the uh, just in terms of shows and even card stores, there's only like two card stores in, in Miami, despite being a-, a really big city with, you know, yeah. very good sports teams. We've only had, um, there's only two card stores and there's been no card shows.
1: Yeah, and that's it's crazy because you know, like in my in my DMs, people that message me regularly, I there might be a dozen people in there that are from Miami that are you know active collectors and yeah. and really South Florida and and really a lot of Florida. I live in Central Florida. A lot of Florida is kind of underrepresented, um, both in card shows and in card shops. Right. So, uh, you know, huge props to you for bringing that back. Um, what kind of got the the wheels turning, getting this this show going?
0: So the 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 way the story played out was i went to a big card show in dallas um shout out to the dallas show they do an amazing job it's huge yeah. it's like well lately the big show every month has been like 300 tables and i went to that show and i was able to buy a ton of cards um i buy a lot of ungraded cards and i found a lot of really clean cards you know when you go to show in person you can see them and it, it makes a big difference so one of my friends called me a couple of days after the show, a week after, or something like that, and he said, "How did the card show go?" I'm like, "It's amazing. I love, love going to these card shows. It's totally worth it for me to even fly and go for just a couple of days because yep. I can see these cards in person, and there's so much inventory at these shows. Like even if there's a lot of people there buying, it's just so much, so many cards, and the dealers will come back on Saturday with more cards because they see what's selling and they bring more of that. You're able to ask me, do you have more? You know." Prism or select or whatever it is you're looking for, and they'll come back with more. And I said I did really, really well. And then he said, um, okay, why don't we do a show in Miami? Or no, I think first he asked me, Are there shows in Miami? And we ended up going to a show and it was pretty good, but it was kind of far. We wanted we really wanted to uh so he said, Why don't we do our own show? And I said, Well, I don't know. You know, I've never really thought about that, but that would be a way to basically have that opportunity to buy cards in person and you know we would throw our own show so that's really what how it came up i just wanted to create a show that i could go to in my city that didn't exist that's that was the whole premise it wasn't to make money we had zero aspirations of making money we just wanted to create something in a city that we thought should exist that didn't exist and basically it, it was like one thing led to another he hit up one of his friends his friend had a Um, as actually his brother had a a venue that we could use and we just decided we were going to do it. And we just started working on it. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk more about the the logistics of it, but that's kind of like that initial spark that that started it was me going to a card show, being able to buy a lot of cards. My friend saying, why don't we do one here? So then you can go and have that avenue to buy cards here. And um, that's how it kind of came about at the very beginning.
1: Yeah, a couple of things you, you mentioned there, which I think are really true and are good to bring up for especially, you know, newer card collectors or, or card investors even, you know, seeing cards in person yeah. is a huge advantage because, I mean, we all know what it's like to buy cards off eBay. And I'm sure you know, most of the people that are watching this probably only buy cards off eBay. That's probably a majority of the marketplace, honestly. Right. Um, but you never really know, you know, you're looking at these kind of grainy photos and you're like, is that corner dinged or is that a, a wrinkle on the plastic? And yeah. it's tough. And so, you know, if you're sitting there at home and you're watching this, you know, go and Google, see where the nearest card show is try and get out there uh, because being able to hold it in your hand, being able to look across the table, see the person that's standing there and, and who you're dealing with and, and hand them the money, you know, yeah that's a huge plus to a card show and you know a good reason for anyone to go to card shows alone another good reason to go to card shows which you also kind of touched on is you know the personal networking
0: yeah uh, that's huge
1: you know, get getting to know other people in in the industry in the hobby. Um, you know, not just dealing with with nameless, faceless people on eBay or or even nameless, faceless people on on Instagram. You know, actually getting to talk to people because you know there are a ton of you know there is a ton of bad actors in our in our hobby and you know, a lot of a lot of negativity out there. A lot of people that you know really think there's only one way to do it and you know just kind of poo-poo on anything that's yeah. that's otherwise. But uh, you know, I think that's the the vocal minority there's a ton of good people out there in our hobby that are you know you know just interested in in sports cars and sports just want to talk hoops or, or baseball or whatever it is and uh and yeah so you know ton of opportunity for you guys out there if you can go and meet some people face to face who were the i you had a couple other sponsors involved with the show or was two yeah,
0: more, so more things things i i think are important to bring up about what you said about going to the show. I think another big thing is like a card like this that you see pictures online of it Yep. and you might not like it that much. When I saw this in person, I'm like, wow, this thing in person actually looks like amazing. I actually want to buy this card. And it's the the rookies from from this kind of, this card hasn't really um, gained too much traction in the hobby, but I think that's important to go to the show because you get to see cards in person. And a card that you might see in pictures online that you think, eh, I'm not really interested. Like the Net Marvels, the Net Marvels kind of made like a, a a huge splash, and I kind of like from the show online. It looked so kind of like dumb to me. I wasn't really interested in it, and I saw it in person. Like, dang, now I understand why people really like this card. This nice card, is, it really is kind of cool to see it in person. And I ended up I bought some some Net Marvels today, and I bought one at the show. And I think that's important because you there's just so many cards that you would never, that sometimes that you don't even know exist. Which I will show one of those that I saw at a card show recently. That right. you don't even know exists until you go to cards, you go oh my god what is that like yep. i need that um so i think that's important about going to card shows is uh, um that aspect and like you said the networking is important too and then you know with the dealers that have a lot of stuff that you like you get their contact info and then you say hey if you ever come across something like this i'm a buyer for it and then now you have that that avenue where you don't even need to be looking for something you might get a text message, hey i got this you want it and it's a- an easy deal so yeah i think that's another big benefit to to going to card shows and making the trip, even if, because some people probably debate, oh, if I'm really going to drive an hour and a half to go to a card show, uh, it's kind of far, but I think in a lot of situations, if it's a pretty good show, it's, it's worth it for sure.
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I debated coming down to your card show. It was like three and a half hours for me, and <laughs> I just I just couldn't fit it in this weekend, but I, I really wanted to, and not that three and a half hours is too long. It just... You know that much time out of the out of the yeah. day wasn't going to work for me personally, but uh, yeah, definitely worth taking the trip or you know take a day off of work, whatever you got to do, and and get to a local card show. It's a, a great idea. Uh, yeah. So it seemed like on my end, you know, just watching your stories as you were posting them, it seemed like it came together pretty quickly. How did you yeah. uh, how did you publicize it? How long did it take to get together? Uh, can you oh, give yeah. that background stuff.
0: That was something that um, was kind of crazy. So yeah, we we did basically as we're recording the show today, as of three weeks ago, this show wasn't, didn't even exist in anyone's <laughs> time. Me and my friends had even thought. it was literally like two and a half weeks ago that we came up with this idea and we just moved very quickly. Like, um, the biggest thing I think with card shows is, is probably going to be the promotion of it, the marketing, yep. um, and having the right dealers there. So I went really hard looking for dealers to, um, to come to the show, thankfully I, I I have like a decent little Instagram following, and a lot of them, a lot of people are from Miami. So immediately I had like about ten dealers who contacted me who wanted a table. And then I said, okay, I need I need uh, our our show had around thirty dealers. I needed to get twenty more dealers. Um, I went on eBay and I basically did a search for cards that were closest to me within twenty-five miles, and right. I found the biggest eBay sellers. That were close to me and i said i would love to have you at my show and sure enough like there was one dealer who contacted me and he got five tables and he had an amazing amazing assortment of cards this guy had a whole case full wow. of 1986 85 84 super rare jordans bgs 95 all of them he had a bgs 95 86 Fleer that even if you're not going to go there to buy necessarily um, it's really cool to see those in person. Yep. And maybe one day you do go up to a dealer and you kind of educate yourself and you buy that card from him. But it was cool that he came to uh to our show and he displayed and that that was so I got dealers um in that manner. Um, shout out to Invest Card and Pool Wax as well. Those two, um, they're both South Florida-based brands. They were able to help me secure more dealers with their promotion and their marketing. They went on Instagram and they promoted the show. Since they were gonna be there, they, all, they they promoted the show and I have a relationship with them and they were able to uh, basically get me a few more dealers. And then it was about basically making the public um, known of the show. So I got um, paid Instagram ads, paid Facebook ads. I went on Craigslist. I even posted like an offer up, like a card for sale, but it really wasn't, it was just a show.
1: Yeah. Sure. Then
0: we went to the two card stores here. We printed out a hundred flyers just to hand them out at the uh, at the card store so they can hand them out to their customers, and that helped a lot. Um, what else did we do? Went on um, the forums, posted the show on the forums. We went to there's like websites that track what shows are happening in in Florida. We went there. We we submitted our our card show that they posted it. Um, what else did we do? Hmm. I think that's and then just a lot of Instagram posts and yep. stuff like that, because social media is where it's at right now in terms of uh, really getting your show out there. I think it's the number one avenue, but still, like we thought it was important to also do the physically going and doing the flyers. Basically, we don't want to say we should have done this. We could have done this. We really want to do everything possible in terms of the, the promotion and marketing and however many people came. We were going to be OK with that because we knew we did everything possible to, to make the show basically. Uh, you know, for the public to, to know about it.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, it, from my end, it looked like you were doing everything right. And, uh, you know, if you do everything right and it doesn't work out well, you know, that's just what happens. You know, yeah. you know, at least, you know, you overturned every stone and, you know, so congratulations on all your work and, you know, from the pictures I saw, it looked uh, pretty successful. How would you, How would you rate it, you know, from your end how You know, how many people did you have? Did you consider it a success? You know, what was the the vibe like?
0: So the vibe, we really wanted this show to be different than other shows. That was something we wanted to stand out. We wanted it so we had like a live dj we yeah it's like a
1: miami DJ. show yeah
0: yeah we wanted a live dj the, the music wasn't so loud that you know the people couldn't talk but we wanted a little bit of a vibe because you go to these shows and no disrespect to those shows but we wanted something where there was some music playing in the background and it's not just a dead silent room yeah so we had the music playing um the entire time i also um i hired out one of my good friends his name is josh he owns a premium meat brand called josh's premium meats they serve wagyu Beef straight from Japan, and I had him cater our event. So he was serving uh, these amazing Wagyu burgers and Wagyu hot dogs that was free with the admission, which was five dollars into the show. So in my head, I'm thinking like for five dollars, even That's if are right there. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't find the card you want, a meal at McDonald's costs you more than than this Wagyu burger that you're about to get, and you get the the card show. Um So we did that. I gave away um, eighteen LeBron Revolution 2018 cards to the first. Uh, I think it was 17 or 18 people who came in, um, which is a pretty cool card. It's like one of his first cards in the Lakers uniform. And then we did box breaks, like a live box trick where people in the show could go up to a booth and basically buy a sponsor box trick and they would open it right there for you. So we, w- we wanted to add some like diversity from other shows and do a, um, a couple things different, which I, I haven't seen it I, shows. I've been I haven't seen um, th- them do that um but yeah to me like this su- you asked me about the success i judge the success mostly by if the vendors did well cuz sure. if the vendors did extremely well that means that the people who came to the show they bought so they bought they're they're more they're more likely happy if the vendors are selling then they did well also we didn't re- thank thank god we didn't have any hiccups everything went very smoothly actually the day before the governor the the I'm not was it the governor of florida yeah. said that um there was no capacity. uh, yep, open everything up. Yep. No capacity, so we were able to have decent um, amount of people were able to come into the show. But we still had, we were still pretty strict with the social distancing guidelines. We had people that mandatory masks There was a hand sanitizer station as soon as you walked in, as well as a thermometer test, just to be safe because there were some older people in the venue. We wanted to be right. safe, even though you know the guidelines in Florida had changed the day before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, I think the success was the vendors, and they all reached out to me said are contacting me, asking me when we're going to do the next show. So I would say it was a, a huge success. We had over 200 people, Nice show, which with, considering that there hadn't been a show in Miami in so long and the whole COVID, I thought we thought that was a, a very good turnout to you be know, honest, any more people may have been too much um, sure. for the size of our venue. We may have to get a, a bigger venue uh, in the future to to cater to the amount of people that may come to the next show.
1: Sure. and all the, And all the vendors were happy then?
0: Yeah, they were really happy. I mean, like I said, they're they're all contacting me already, asking when's the next show. I want to reserve a table because they know there's gonna be. More, there was a bunch of vendors. There was actually some some vendors from up north who didn't set up on nice my show because they said we really didn't know how many people were gonna come to the show, but they came just to visit and they were saying like, I want to get five tables. I'm like, wait a second, that means five vendors who are in here. You know, this is gonna be really interesting in the next show how we're gonna how we're gonna do it. But yeah, a lot of vendors that. that that didn't set up where already contacted me saying for the next show i really want to do it um but yeah i'm probably gonna have to show some favoritism to the ones who supported me when they didn't know how many people were going to come
1: All right yeah you know vendor I, I think vendors generally like those shows because i mean just not a lot of fees that you have to end up paying on each right. on each card sale. And then, and also in for buyers, it's good too, because you can, you know, you can negotiate a little bit if you want to, if the if the vendor is open to it, you know, you could say, would you take this for it? And, you know, that type of stuff happens. So, you know, really good environment for both the buyers and the sellers. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm really glad that you're able to bring that to Miami. Uh, so, you know, you kind of alluded to it. You think there's going to be more, more shows coming in the coming year?
0: We're definitely going to do it. At- um, yeah, we're definitely going to do more shows in, in, in the future. Um, the only thing with these card shows, if I'm being really honest, it, it's not the most profitable thing in the world Yeah, as the way that it currently, um, stands, you're not going to get rich off card shows. Right. Like I said, it was very much like a passion project that I wanted to do that. I wanted something to exist in the city there may be ways to, to make it a little bit more lucrative, a little bit more profitable for like myself and other show promoters who do shows. Right. But we probably have to get very creative and thinking outside the box in order to do so. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it because at the end of the day, I do want there to be a card show in Miami and there was such a, a great, um, we got such a great response from the vendors and the, and the attendees asking when's the next one that I got. I have to do another one. Even if I break even, Or whatever it may be uh, i have to do at least a couple more and and figure it out
1: yeah yeah you know i don't i don't know that people that put on the shows ever make a ton of money there's probably different ways to to do that and make that happen but you know i think really you know one of the big things about card shows is just driving the industry forward and you know more people you bring in the more right the more money you're going to make in general you know it's like where you get, you know, hobby, you know, people that are interested in the hobby to hobby enthusiasts. A lot of that takes place at card shows where you can yeah. make those contacts, where you can see cards in, in person, where you can hold a card and think I'm going to work my way up to this. You know, you know, a lot of that takes place at card shows and, uh, yeah. and you know, so, you know, yeah, you might not make a killing, um, you know, or anyone else out there that wants to start a card show, but you really are helping everyone else out in a huge way, and and that's a yeah. really valuable thing to do.
0: So uh, if, if you're if you're a really disciplined buyer and you are ed- educated, it does help. Like it does make sense to th- to throw the show because I d- I do think with the, the cards I was able to buy from being you know the show runner, it, it does help. You know, like I, I probably wouldn't have gotten half of what I got if I wasn't the showrunner so like that is a, a, a big bonus is that you know most people come to you first to sell you their cards if they're selling cards. Yeah. If, if I'm you know being completely honest.
1: So if there's certain cards you guys can't buy out there just go host a, a huge exactly. show. <laughs> You'll get a 50% discount. There you go. So uh what did you get? What's you have
0: any okay, of your best so, deals
1: there for us that you could share?
0: Um yeah I'm gonna start out with this because this is just something you don't see every day. And I, I don't necessarily know I got a great deal but I just like love owning this card. i probably never sell it. So yeah. it's a uh, on-card auto of Akim Olajuwon, oh, and if you look, like the auto's super bold and perfect. And it yep. starts. I love how he did it, like kind of like um, a, oh, sorry. across the whole car, across yeah. The card. Yeah, and hasn't it, faded at all. No zero fade. It's like he signed it yesterday. Right. But like for for a Miami guy, like me, born and raised, it's got Tim Hardaway in the back with a perfectly bold oh, no. auto as well. And like, I think it's so cool. How it has the logo in the back as well? Yeah. Like, you know, the old logo, of the heat and this old rockets logo. I just, you know, Akeem Olajuwon one of the greatest centers of all time, Tim Hardaway, the T and run TMC. It was a hundred dollars. That's what they're selling for on eBay, which is probably, you know, I think a little bit low for the greatest center ever on card auto with a, another um, legendary um, point guard. But I bought, I bought one of those.
1: Yeah, really. You know, really, a lot of those vintage autos, I think, are underpriced. You know, yeah, I pretty much know, just 100, buy
0: hundred dollars. Like, and that's what that's what the last one sold for.
1: Yeah, I um, buy a lot of '90s cards right now, and it's like, I think eventually sure. the hobby is gonna like move that direction. And it'll probably price me out
0: of it, but yeah, like if I if I if yeah, owning this card, I would never sell it. Like, yeah, you, you, I just would never sell it for a hundred dollars. So yeah, I think that's you know, a pretty good buy. Um, I bought this card. This to me is very much um, buy the card, not the grade. So this card got an eight and a half, and that's why I think I was able to get the deal I got on it. Um, it has eight corners, but when I looked at the corners, they kind of look perfect to me, minus like one little white speck. So sure. I think I I'm, my my plan with this card is probably send it to PSA, um, crack it out, send it to PSA, and try to get a PSA 9 on it. This card is numbered to hundred. Um, let me see if I get it there. Yeah. Yep. So. Number two hundred. I got this for less than what a PSA ten Prism Base of Zion sells for. and to me, this card is a, it's just a great design with this cosmic design. I yep. think um, this shot of Zion, in particular, the photograph with him between the legs. I think this is one of his best shots of this year. I like yeah. this picture of him, and I like the My House Hollow picture where he's flexing, yep. kind of like in his really tra- like uh, um, iconic kind of like pose that he does after he gets a a big uh, dunk so yeah. i, I think
1: revolution i think revolution's generally just so nice and yeah if you can get numbered revolution awesome yeah. and you, you probably did get a discount at being 8.5 but you know yeah i did that's clean think I think, you know i think it's you know, who
0: gonna, knows i think it's a nine i got these um calvin ridley rookies to me is one of the best up coming uh, uh receivers so this is actually select xrc so this is from 2017 so this is actually his real like oh i shouldn't say real but it's like his first ever card. Um, some collectors would consider since it's the year before sure. he was actually a rookie. Um, there's redemptions that come in these products and uh, yeah, that, that was a really clean card. I got another, um, another Ridley. He has, he had four touchdowns in the, in the first two games. I think he's a, a stud.
1: Yeah. I'm on my and fantasy team. Not that anyone cares about that, but it's <laughs> been nice for me.
0: And then I got a big lot of these. I think this guy is going to be really good. I think he's um. He's got a really bright future and he's really not all that uh, injury prone um, this guy <laughs> his, so this guy um, came up to me with a bunch of charizard uh, cards and I'm kind of a guy that I, I don't really um, I need to buy stuff in order to really learn it yeah I can't just learn from a distance I kind of have to just throw myself at it so i bought all those charizards this is a dark charizard japanese i used to collect them little so i do i do like them um we got a, um, a blast toys i think that's like the second one um dark Blastoise. these are kind of cool these are uh first edition actually and that's a shadowless um, machamp as well as a few more first editions here um pokemon So yeah, I was actually kind of excited to get these because I haven't really bought Pokemon. um, And the guy, I think gave me a pretty good deal based on the eBay comp, that's a Mewtwo. Um, I also got this Tyler Hero Silver for a pretty good price. These as PSA 10s are selling amazingly. And this is- 13
1: 13 something, 1400 right now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, so I was able to get this, yeah, exactly. And I I was able to get, and uh, imagine if he does something in the finals, I was able to get that for around 250. What else did I get? Oh, I got this. I think this card's really cool. This is a 2012, the first year ever of select hot rookies, Damian Lillard, kind of a color match for this jersey. Um, I feel like um, a lot of people in the hobby don't even know that these cards exist. Uh, It has a white, all white back, which is great for grading, obviously. So you'll never get hit for a corner. And believe it or not, this material on the front of these cards is actually super strong. It actually is very, very hard to come scratch. These cards typically have a very good surface. So I think this is a, a really nice card of Damien Lear to pick up um, and and get graded just, Yeah, because it's super cheap. Um, I got this. I think these are a pre-run of uh, only 500 on these purple waves. And it's to me, the blue doesn't match his jersey as much as purples do. So I got a purple Zion. I'm a big fan of Zion. I think that the whole injury thing with Zion is a little bit overblown. Um, we've talked about this before. I, yep. You know, Michael Jordan was hurt his second year. Russell Westbrook tore his ACL and won, a, won an MVP. Yep. Steph um, Curry,
1: it was like five years. It was like, yeah. does he have a, an ankle anymore? And
0: Yeah, Tom yeah. Brady as well tore his ACL. He's still the GOAT. Yep. Um, and then I have a, a few cards here I just wanted to show. These were recently. I, I picked these up. Um, I, I actually found out about this. This is one of those cards I was talking about that I found out that I saw at a show and I wasn't able to purchase at the show. But i ended up buying it this is a card i never knew existed but as soon as i saw it i said i I need to own this card so on one side of the card you got kobe bryant it's very much has like a gold feel to it with this color here
1: yep a refractor that's
0: nice yeah gold kind of has a gold refractor feel to it and then the other side you got michael jordan i believe this is the first card ever with michael jordan and kobe bryant on it this has a 10 Centering and nines across the other three. I may send this to PSA to see if I get lucky and get a PSA 10, but if not, a PSA 9, I think is better to have of this either way. But I think that this is a really beautiful, iconic card of, you know, Kobe, who I idolized and kind of Jordan was his mentor. I think it's a really special, unique card that will be iconic and matter down the line.
1: Yeah, um, he was, he showed, uh, he, Anthony showed me this card before we started this show and i gasped when i saw it <laughs> because i had no idea it existed but you know yeah, sweet yeah. passing of the torch card right there and i don't even want to know what you spent on that card but congratulations huge. To be
0: honest, that card is still i think reasonable i don't mind telling you it yeah. was um seven hundred dollars through golden auctions wow really okay I yeah, thought, so yeah with the fee i think it comes out to like uh 860 so i i think it's somewhat um reasonable considering that, you know, you got Prism PSA 10s of, like, anybody selling for...
1: Well, yeah. Well, would you rather have a... I mean, no offense to Tyler Hero, but would you rather <laughs> have a Kobe MJ dual, you know,
0: card or a Tyler Hero rookie? It's like... Well, yeah, you can get two of those for the price of one Hero silver PSA 10. And I like Hero, but yeah, that right. card to me is very uh special card.
1: Right. So let's... uh You are in Miami, and uh, obviously... So this is Monday when we're recording this. Big news last night. Miami Heat uh, yeah. qualified for the NBA finals, uh, beating the Boston Celtics. Started looking pretty shaky there in the second half, and then all of a sudden just pulled away. How are you feeling about all that?
0: I'm feeling good. Yesterday was actually my birthday, so we advanced to the finals on my birthday.
1: Oh, happy birthday. I didn't even know that.
0: But, yeah, I, uh, thanks. Um, I don't know. As I was watching the game, it, it was very much a game that I thought was going to be a game of runs. So, when the you know, the Heat came out and made a run. At the beginning of the game, they were up by seven. Then the the Celtics came out, they made their run. The third quarter looked like they were cut for a long stretch. They really did look to be playing better, even though the score wasn't entirely showing that. I thought they were playing a lot better. Um, and they did end up getting a little bit of a lead, but they just couldn't hold it. It's hard, you know. They had just beat us the game before, they killed us. We came in super duper motivated, you know, like the heat do a really good job. They have good people running the organization, they got us on the bench. as kind of just like a motivator for that team. And they were just really, really locked in and convinced that they were going to take it down yesterday and it didn't matter what the Celtics did. and they made a run that he were not, they just, it, to me, it just felt like they weren't going, they weren't going to lose that game. They weren't going to let it go to seven and they just play really well together. Even though maybe if you look at the individual talent, it looks like Boston may be better. You know, I think that with Boston, their best player is 22 years old. Right. At the end of the day, it's hard. Um,
1: it's hard to get over that hump yeah, a
0: team as good as a heat that's playing that good yep. especially once you let them get the lead in the series you know i think if boston would have played as good as they did the last two games they probably would have won the series but it kind of took them a little bit to start playing well yeah and yesterday the heat just you know they played amazing i think they shot 56 percent from the field you're not you're not going to beat a team that shoots 56 66 56 yep. from the field and plays pretty good defense like the like the miami heat do um so yeah I was I mean I've been really impressed with the Heat. I'm, I'm not going to say I, I predicted that the Heat were going to make the finals. I did it, you know. They've they've just come together really well in the bubble and super well coached team and you know I'm excited for my my team to make it to the finals.
1: Yeah, you know I, I'm a Bucks fan obviously and obviously the Heat crushed the Bucks in the you know the last round but uh you know, I love love watching the Heat and they you know they really show the difference between the Western conference and the Eastern conference, you know, especially this year, the Western conference has like the stars, you know, but a lot of the Western conference teams just aren't really teams. You know, they're super top heavy. You have, you have two dudes at the top and then a bunch of, you know, ring chasing vets or, or just scrubs on down the line. Uh, The East though, you know, Raptors, Bucks, Pacers, uh, Celtics, Heat, you know, it's just like, it's just a bunch of good actual teams. And, and that's, you know, I think the Heat, while the Lakers are obviously favorites, um, I I think when I say obviously, I haven't like been doing a ton of reading yeah. on it yet or anything. But I, I think it's going to be the Lakers that are the favorites. But uh, you know the Heat, they just have so many more pieces to throw at the Lakers. They have you know multiple bodies they can throw at LeBron. Uh, they have um, obviously Bam's going to be a huge difference maker covering AD. Uh, the I don't know what the Lakers can do about you know Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. It's not like they have a whole ton of um, really good wing defenders roaming around the, the perimeter. There, it's going to be tough. But you know, it is LeBron. He's extremely motivated. I know LeBron's. Um, I heard on a podcast the other day, the Grace of All Talk, that LeBron's shooting a uh, a documentary right now. Uh, he's he's doing it in the bubble documentary. It's, oh, wow, it's like you cool. can kind of see him pulling the strings of everything that's been going on. It's like. The, dude, the dude's going to do everything he can to make sure that he wins and then this becomes the, you know, the best documentary ever. Uh, so you have a super motivated LeBron to, to win it all. But, you know, this Heat team, you know, of any yeah. team in the NBA, they match up really, really well against them.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think motivation is going to be the key for the Lakers because the Heat are just as motivated yeah, sure. as, as the Lakers win the title. It's not going to – to me, it won't come down to that. It's just going to come down to – just like what you said the, the matchups and I think it's gonna a lot of it will come down to like LeBron's ability to score the ball. Yeah. Because they they're gonna they're gonna need him to, to score the ball. Yeah. And the Heat are gonna have the best ever defensive schemes for LeBron that he's ever seen because nobody knows the, the LeBron better than the Miami Heat. And LeBron knows yep. that. It's Bolstron Riley they picked him up they were with him for four years. They know every they they know everything about him nobody yep. knows lebron better than the heat so it's going to be interesting um we'll, we'll know a lot after game one just because the heat are not going to wait to like implement the best defensive scheme that they can they're going to come out the gate with it yeah but um it, it does just kind of like it does feel like the lakers are going to take it because well first of all the lakers are favored by five and a half points in the first game which means and since it's the bubble, they'll likely be favored by five every single game. game. Yeah. Now, once the lines makers decide, like, this is what the line is, like the Celtics and Heat, the Celtics were favored by three every game. That's the way it's been going in the bubble, since there's no change of venue. I guess if a team starts to really kill them after a couple of games, they've changed the lines. But for the most part, the Lakers will likely be favored by five in every game. So, it def- you know, Lakers are definitely a strong favorite um, to win the series. And, you know, that all that's all on LeBron. They just think LeBron will find a way. Yep. and you know it's hard to you can't really bet against it's to, yeah it's hard to argue against that i think the lakers do though when you think about the lakers and their ability to cover like you were saying some of these guys like Hero and Duncan robert's shooters the lakers do play very good team defense they didn't get to where they are by allowing people to just score at will and then they, yep. they are able to really get locked in and play amazing defense and rebound the ball amazingly so if you kind of think about those matchups on a single player by player basis it doesn't sound like them it sounds like they might be in trouble kind of like with with portland people thought oh Damian lillard and McCollum, yeah. how are we going to cover these guys and then sure enough you know they four one them so you know they they are a very good team defensive team and they they don't give up very much anything easy so you know that's how they've gotten into the finals is being an elite defensive team with elite rebounding and you know they do they do go, you know, hit a lot of shots at times too. And yeah, Davis can score at will in some games, and LeBron as well. You know, he's hard. He scored thirty-eight last game. He still has the ability to have huge, monster scoring nights, and he's always creating open shots for other players.
1: Yeah, he has an uncanny ability to take guys that haven't given much in you know two or three years and just turn them into you know legit rotation pieces again, and and you know. Yeah. Putting in all the effort, so yeah, it's going to be a really good ex- good series. You know, a lot of excitement around it. Yeah. Uh, just ending with a little card talk here. Um, you're not too much Lakers card talk to be had, but I, I know a lot of people are wondering. You know, what do we do with our heroes in particular? And you just showed one earlier. Or, you know, I I know a lot of people have Bam out of bios. Not a whole ton of uh, Butler rookie cards that are you know in circulation to be honest. Actually, I was just looking up before the show. Only ten Butler silver PSA tens.
0: Jimmy Butler,
1: yeah, 2012.
0: Oh PSA, yeah. Although, yeah. And so yeah, so
1: 2012 PSA 10 Prism silvers, only yeah. 10 of them, yeah. and uh, you know, so it's kind of harder harder to be trading uh, Butler Prism. But uh, what are, what are you doing with your hero? Are, are you selling oh, right yeah. now? I mean, it's I, I guess on, from one standpoint, uh, it's like, is Tyler Hero gonna be at this uh, you know level of notoriety, you know, yeah. for an, might be a couple of years before he gets back to this point. But, you know, kind of who knows? He, he's also like way ahead of schedule. I, I know, you know, at Slab Socks we love, uh, you know, we've, we've been kind of, you know, all in on Aero for yeah. a while. And that's Definitely. all just because he's the local guy, you know, it's like right. he's from Milwaukee. So we're just seriously yeah. loyal. But it's like, I mean, I was not expecting this from him. You know, so what do people do?
0: I, so I've thought about this a lot. I personally – this is just my opinion. Um, I personally feel that if you have, like, let's say a big bankroll that you can buy a lot of cards and um, buying more Hero – I mean, uh, holding on to Hero doesn't inhibit your ability to buy other cards, then it's good to hold Hero because I think Hero's prices are nowhere near peak. Yep. Um, when a guy like Hero kind of has a like success, success he had his rookie year, first of all, coming off the bench as well you know that, that, that monster gave me at 37 was off the bench right. he didn't even get like a crazy allotment of minutes like you know 40 sometimes guys in the past get 42 minutes i just personally feel that hero is going to get much much better over the years you know and we've seen a lot of guys have amazing rookie years you know um like luka Doncic, for instance he had an amazing rookie year if you sold him after his great rookie year and he got rookie of the year huge mistake yeah. a lot of that has to do with the fact that the card hobby got um much bigger but I just think that Hero can hit so many milestones in terms of averaging twenty points per game will causes prices to go up. Um, making an all star game will causes his prices to go up. Just becoming a starter, like he doesn't, even, he doesn't even start. He has a lot of things that that um, that he could do, and I feel like Tyler Hero is going to have a similar effect in the hobby um, with young collectors that Stephen Curry did. A lot yeah. of young collectors looked at Stephen Curry and thought that's someone that I um admire someone that i conspire to play like and it seems feasible because you know so many players in this nba like lebron he's six foot eight he's like
1: i can't even you know, hope.
0: he's that. like superman like you can't really say i want to be the next lebron but with hero a lot of kids can look at him and think man like this guy looks just like me he's a little bit you know he's six foot three so he's a little bit tall but i feel like a lot of people will um like kids and a lot of collectors will will gravitate towards him um in the future and they kind of like are probably just starting his their fandom now um with him in these yeah. playoffs a lot of times during the, the, the heat weren't supposed to be good this year we were you know not even a lock to make the playoffs this year so a lot of people were, weren't really looking out for the heat a lot of our games weren't televised and their first kind of for the you know the masses as a whole their first real introduction to here was in these playoffs so i think yeah. he still has a lot of fans to gain as well yeah. And then, you know, like he has like a lot of swagger to him too. Um, you know, he just is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's, he has a lot going for him and I think that holding him is smart, you know, but if you're, if it means not being able to buy other stuff, then cause I think that here, let's say his price is double. If you can buy other stuff and kind of sell it, sell it, sell it in the course of a year, then you'll probably make more. But if, if you have, if uh, you have the ability to hold and still buy what you want, I think that would be smart because I do think his prices will be um, higher uh, next year. I think Barry mata is a little bit more risky now because he did, did have such a great postseason. I don't know if he's ever going to average like a ton of points in this league on this season. Yeah, he's uh, never going to be a 30-point guy, yeah. yeah. I would stay away from him. I would think with, with Jimmy Butler, I think very risky as well. I think that he's at his peak right now. And well, he's lot-
1: 31 years old?
0: Uh I, you, so he came into league in 2012, and we're in 2028 20, years. He's, I mean, he's probably in his late 20s. Um, yeah. So I think that we're pretty much seeing peak. And I, my my point is that the hobby runs a lot of it on speculation what he could be in four to five years. Right. When you look at Jimmy Butler, you know you're seeing peak Jimmy Butler. Like, he's not going to get significantly better. Like, I haven't seen Jimmy Butler be significantly better over the last couple of years. I kind of think that his game hasn't really – changed too much. Yeah. He's just been in a better situation in Miami. The guy who I do kind of like, um, this is kind of a little bit more pricey of a, of a play, is Duncan Robinson, I think, could actually be really, really good. Like, he can get a lot better. And if you buy his, I think he has very few cards. National few games,
1: treasures rookie auto.
0: National treasures rookie auto. He's one of these guys that could be like a super, like a, a star in this league, potentially. Like, maybe yeah. get it to, like, play Thompson-level of of talent potentially that's probably a little bit of a reach but if he does get anywhere near that with such little true rookie cards and it happens to be national treasures those cards can be huge because you're talking if you look at like let's just say market cap of his all his rookie cards he has none it's just that so that card can end up being huge um down the line i think so i kind of like that one um yeah Kendrick Nunn I'd stay away from for whatever reason. The Heat aren't playing them, I and the Heat are a very good judge of talent. They know. Uh, <laughs> talent, and they, they know something, and I would not go against the Heat staff um, when it comes to uh, Kendrick Nunn.
1: Plus, it yeah, and his – yeah, we'll, we'll we'll come back to Kendrick Nunn next year and see what happens when the new yeah. season arrives. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with a lot what you're saying. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, my theory on on him is it's uh, – you notice if there's like a Clippers meltdown, it's like all you see is Kawhi this, Kawhi that, Paul George this, Paul George that. If you see a Bucks meltdown, it's like Giannis, 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 Giannis. If yeah. it's Lakers, but when the if the heat goes stagnant, like, you know, I surf NBA Twitter throughout, you know, the games, it's like yeah. no one's really saying anything about Jimmy Butler and, you know, yeah. there's just there's just not a whole ton of negative news about him and and, you know, while negative yeah. news can really hurt prices, it also is a gauge of how people think of a guy, Jimmy Butler's a top 20 player in the NBA, but he gets like, you know, he gets like top 50 media coverage. And I don't know if that's because he's bounced around from, you know, in four different teams or, or what's going on, but you know, it's just like, he doesn't, he doesn't get held like, you know, to the level of accountability that some of the other stars do. And so I think that kind of, uh, we might, Generally, you know, deflate his uh, his future potential in the card market. Um, You know, I I, I agree with what you said too about Tyler Hero. You know, I uh, one guy that I I liked collecting when he was with the Bucks was uh, uh, Matthew Dellavedova, and not not because I thought he was cool, um, but it's like you know every like every uh, a Bambi slipping on ice, you know, drive through the lane that he would do. I was like, dude, I could do that. (laughs) Like, what's and so you know, you want to. You want to, you know, I really, I really liked him just for that reason. And,
0: yeah. and
1: obviously Tyler Hero is a lot cooler and some of the things mm-hmm. he's doing is or nothing I could ever do, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's got, you know, he's got all, he checks all my boxes, like good team great market you know he's yeah. he's a likable character on and off the court he has the flashy style of game you know he's not intimidated by the spotlight or anything like that uh you know for yeah. me a local guy is just yeah so i i think his his future market is is pretty huge and a lot bit you know as as high as i've always been on him uh i i thought a lot of that was just me being biased but you know it really is it's bigger than i i thought you know already yeah. And and moving forward, I think I have to keep moving my my target further out for where I think he can yeah. go.
0: I think anyone, even me, I was buying Hero um, for a long time. A lot of that being my heat bias, some yep. of it being I have a friend who actually owns a gym. There's a, um, I posted a video of Tyler Hero practicing in the gym and he had D'Angelo roll at the gym. He had Jimmy Butler, he had Andre Drummond. He had a bunch of all-stars at the gym. Yep. And I asked him who looked the best at the gym, not relative to their skill, just who looked the best to you. And he said, without a doubt, Tyler Hero. And I said, why? Like you're telling me he's better. than D'Angelo Russell was like almost an MVP running on that that Nets team. Like you're telling me, Hero looks better than him. He goes, he's like Anthony. This guy doesn't miss. Yeah. This guy will go 20 minutes straight and not miss. Yeah. And they would change drills and do complicated drills. You know, like in and out, spin move, step back, and he would just not miss. And he'd right out the gate get it. He said he's such a natural. And that kind of actually caused me to kind of press press on um, Tyler Hero a bit because I really did respect my friend's knowledge. He's a he's a basketball coach. Shout out to Coach Miggy. Um He uh, he kind of really pushed me um, towards here. But no one could have expected 37 points in a playoff game, second most ever for for a rookie for a bench player. Right, you know? it's insane. Like, no one no one did that. Yeah.
1: Well, all right. I'm sure we're already pushing over 40 minutes here on this or 44 minutes or so is what we're sitting at right now. So uh, we better wrap it up here before everyone falls asleep on us. But, uh, you know, awesome times in Miami. Congratulations on the card show. Congratulations on the heat making the finals. Very exciting. I think a lot of the Eastern Conference fans are probably pulling for Miami right now. So uh, uh, a lot of good basketball to look forward to. Uh, he is Anthony. He's at Summertime Cards. You can see his name there on the bottom. Go give him a follow. He's a he's a great follow. He's got tons of cards. As he's always flashing across his Instagram feed. He's got unboxings from you know. He's, he sends in uh, a lot you know big bulks to to PSA. He'll unveil those. Uh, he's got one coming up tonight after this recording. So uh, uh, if you uh, you know. Looking for someone else to follow? Go follow him at Summertime Cards. After you're done with that, go over to slabstocks.com, scroll down the page where it says the Sunday uh, newsletter, put in your email address, and get our daily newsletter with all the best buys and all the most recent info that you can find. All right. uh, Thank you, Anthony, and thank the rest of you, or thank you to the rest of you for showing up, and I'll see you again next week.
0: Okay. Thanks for having me.